0: Next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat. Next time you're at the checkout supermarket. Check it out.
1: Check it out. Check it out. Go wild in the aisles. Will you dance? You hear that beat.
0: Next time you're at the checkout and you hear that beat. Next time you're at the checkout and you hear
1: that beat. Next time you're at the checkout supermarket, sweep.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode twenty-three of the Puripuri Podcast, uh, aka Match Microscope Number Six. Once again, we are bringing you a, an in-depth review of one of our favourite matches of all time, chosen by one of the members of this podcast. In this case, it is Mr. David Forrest, um, who has uh, who is bringing the match to us. So I should uh, probably introduce him. Uh, David, how are you doing?
2: Hello, I'm I'm doing all right. I genuinely have waited four years for this moment. This um, without any hyperbole, it is the second my second favourite match of all time, and I'm just bursting, I'm and glitter as they say, um, here in Glasgow.
0: Excellent, and uh, Daniel's here as well. I should uh, I should uh, mention. How are you doing, Daniel? <laughs> yeah.
3: Hello, um, hi everybody. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's um, it's good to be here. It's good to be here too. Uh, I feel very much like I'm here watching uh, one of my children get married today. Uh, <laughs> It's it's, <laughs> it's it's great to see David finally able to uh, wax lyrical, live out his dreams, uh, uh, you know, and live his best life. Um, I mean, in terms come of to like... me on the day. <laughs> the <laughs> <Pinky Bank Grocery's laughs> you don't even think to call me Godfather. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it's a strong start, lads. Let's be honest, it's a strong start. Um, I mean, I, in terms of how I am, um, well, I mean, uh, to paraphrase Mark Corrigan, um, it, it, I mean, it, uh, while it would be churlish this Remembrance Day to compare my struggle to get through full gear with the sacrifice of those that fell at the Passion Dale. Um It was <laughs> nevertheless a very long show. Um, now, uh, so very basically, my, my day consists of, I watched that, I watched full gear, my potted review, Cody's a prick. Main event was very good. Eddie Kingston fucking rules. Um, <laughs> then I watched City Draw with Liverpool. Day. Yeah, controversial takes, yeah. Only the hottest of takes here. After our, after our take it, I think it was the second or third episode that Stalin, quite a bad guy, was um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're still reeling out those hot takes. Um, then I watched City Draw with Liverpool. Uh, kind of felt mildly relieved, uh, even though we should have gotten half at halftime 2-1 uh, up. Um, and then immediately before logging on to Skype to record this, um, I celebrated the ascension of volunteer Joe Biden, OC Mayo Brigade of Galicia Heron, to, to the White House <laughs> by eating the rest of last night's Irish stew. Um, now, it's not the first Irish stew I've eaten. It won't be the last. But enough of my sex life, lads. Let's get things going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Madame oh, Tesh.
0: J- Joe Biden, like, is like we we're talking about about him uh, before recording. Joe Biden is really shit in like many ways, but <laughs> his his absolute hatred of the United Kingdom is definitely one of the most likable things about him. He just not does not have any time for us, and it's it's really funny to see all the people who like you know, when they were talking about uh, Boris Johnson, uh, for instance, uh, the, uh, remember when racism was defeated, when the conservatives won the election uh, last December, mm. uh, Boris Johnson wrote that Barack Obama had a ancestral dislike of the United Kingdom due to his uh, Kenyan heritage, um, which was like just completely invented. Now we've got a president who clearly does actually have an ancestral dislike yeah. of the United Kingdom. And is <laughs> very good. And you love to see it. Yeah,
3: it's, 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 it's one of the only times when you will indulge those uh, sort of like those quite cringe Americans who will, who, who will in, inst- I insist on referring to themselves by their sort of like uh, uh ancestral ethnicity when they're, they're they're literally the most american thing you've ever seen in your life it's it, it's very funny uh, it's very very funny oh yeah it's so
0: good like you you know tr- like uh, whatever the fact that like you know this election has not really solved anything in terms of the forces that uh led to trump becoming president in the first place trump losing and then crying like a little baby is really funny <laughs>
3: yeah
2: is there a despot in the world that has a more humiliating end than a press conference outside a landscaping firm in between a crematorium and a dildo shop? <laughs> because I don't think I don't think Edi mean went that way. I think Edi Amin had a bit more more gumption about well,
3: it. He, he he ended up um, in just um he he just ended up in a quite a nice pad in Saudi Arabia um just eating himself into a, a stupor I think didn't Edi in the modern city of Jeddah? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: Idi Amin versus Goldberg at Super Showdown 2021.
3: <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I wouldn't fancy Goldberg's chances. Uh, Idi
0: Amin was a, uh, was like, he was like a, like, Ugandan boxing champion
3: or something. Like, you yeah, know, he's a shooter. Yeah, I, I, New I New mean, World. obviously, uh, okay, guys, I would team up Idi Amin with Glacier. Who can tell me, <laughs> who can tell me why? I, 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 I shudder to think.
2: <laughs> Is it because they both make your blood run cold?
3: It's close to that. It's actually more to do with one of them particularly makes other people's blood run cold because he used to keep the heads of his enemies in a freezer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought I was gonna say did Cassai Ashes steal both their gimmicks? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> that that I tell you, if you want to get any eyes on Gleat, that would be uh that would be a way to do it. <laughs> oh
1: dear.
2: Oh, I, I, he, he has he as a yasha commander of the, 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 the animals and the birds and yeah. the, the land and the sea, etc. etc. The
3: last king of Scotland, um, I conquer of the British Empire in <laughs> Peru in general and Vessel One in particular. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad for how hev- uh, sort of um, uh, how much humour we, we've injected into this intro because we are talking about a very serious match today. Um, yes, we are. I should probably, <laughs> uh, I should probably give a little bit
0: of uh, background. So, um, this match uh, took place on the first of July, nineteen ninety-five, in uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think seven
2: oh one nine five, as it's known. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I, th- I think it's the first time we've reviewed a Big Japan match on the podcast. I'm pretty sure. Um, like, I mean, if, you, yeah. if you're familiar with Big Japan nowadays, um, you'll probably know it for uh, firstly the ultra-violent um, uh, death matches featuring. Lots of light tubes and uh, like skewers and other uh, stomach-churning stuff of that nature, and also in latter years the uh, extremely good big lad heavyweight division that they have uh, yeah. developed and also become uh, very known for. You know, featuring people like uh, Daisuke Sekimoto, Shuji Ishikawa Yuji Okabayashi, uh, Rio Tama, David's favorite, and uh, many more besides. Yeah, uh,
3: you know, it's big boys bingo.
0: Yes, yes, it is. I mean, you know that stuff. I like that stuff not, not i couldn't watch a whole show of it probably but like a, a big main event which is mostly uh big lads chopping each other very hard uh you know that mm. can scratch an itch um i mean i mean
3: I I, I I do love strong bj
0: I, we, we all love strong bj i mean
3: i think that's
0: um, that's fair enough um,
2: one of, the, one of the finest pursuits in life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, Ice kissing Sekimoto was no bad either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I I, uh, I met Sekimoto at uh, Sixteen carat uh, last year. When he harbs. Was he hard? He, he was, he was, that, that is the greatest t Didn't he wear that T-shirt to Chikara or something? The one that just said, I'm And then someone had to tell him like what that meant. Well, um, what, well,
3: what, what you mean? Someone had to tell him that Chikara uh, was a family promotion. That wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, oh. Um. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's all, uh, all dated very well. Um, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. See, so Sekimoto was in the 16 carat and he was, uh, he was selling merch, including his workout DVD, which I Briefly considered buying until I realised I would literally explode if I tried to do any of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's a he's a he's not actually that tall, but he is incredibly big. Like, yeah. um, like he, he's uh, he's uh, he's 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 a he's a great wrestler. I, I like I like that stuff. But uh, Big Japan um, is. Uh, I mean, a lot of people don't know that it was uh, around in the uh, in the nineties. It was uh, actually founded in the nineties, I believe, and it was known for um, some uh, very different stuff in the kind of the same way that. Um, FMW became known for its death matches primarily, but you know FMW standing for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, and they did do a lot of. You know, what you might call different style matches with anita facing uh, great fighters like uh, leon spinks and uh, and uh, people like that in the uh, beloved classic of the form uh, big big japan was known for stuff other than the uh, big lads chop fests and the horrible light tube uh, death matches and um, so this is is build as it's billed as a grocery store death match but the name of the show is kendo nagasaki's valetudo in shoten guy which uh, of all the pro shows i've ever seen sounds most like a gcw wrestlemania weekend show um (laughs) uh, you can find this match on daily motion if you search for uh, bjw grocery store death match and once you finish watching it yes the next video on the autoplay will be called elizabeth hurley bears all in 55th birthday selfie because literally that happens every single time you watch anything on daily motion regardless of what it is having said that i do prefer that to YouTube, where if you watch a match, generally your recommended videos will be Ben Shapiro destroys feminizes <laughs> with facts and logic. Um, so, like, yes, I, it's uh, it's much preferable to that. Um, as for who is in, Elizabeth
2: Farley shits on Enzo and Modi. Yeah. <laughs> All I yes, want to please. see is
3: wing Kanemura nearly kill Kevin Sullivan again, and what I get is Jordan Peterson. <laughs>
0: so, um, essentially, uh, so this match is a uh, five-way elimination. Uh, the aforementioned Kendo Nagasaki is very sadly not the uh, definitely <laughs> Japanese <laughs> Yes, please. Uh, the... the uh, The uh, British answer to Yokozuna, the best Japanese wrestler in the history of our territory. Um, It's a different Kendo Nagasaki. Uh, This one was a big Japan wrestler. And he is in the ring with four gentlemen by the names of Buza Rakamoto, Seiji Yamakawa, Yosuke Kobayashi, and Yuichi Taniguchi. Uh, Yosuke Kobayashi is, uh, I mean, he's fucking unrecognizable in this, but he would later go by the name Abdullah Kobayashi. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Which I named a, a a noise project after. So yeah, uh, yeah, yes. He look- looks
0: very, very different. We will actually see part of the origins of Abdullah Kobayashi at the end of this match, which I'm looking forward to discussing. But as for what a grocery store death match is, well, vale tudo. Uh, actually, Dad Daniel, just give us a little bit of uh, of you're like the MMA buff amongst us uh, relatively speaking <laughs> if, just give us a little bit of background on what Vale Tudo actually is
3: yeah yeah um I mean um so just, I'll try and sum this up as um as, as concisely as I can um uh, so Vale Tudo the, the, the notion of Vale Tudo the term Vale Tudo basically um uh, you, you may have heard of it actually if you're a sort of casual MMA fan it's most famous now I think to a lot of people that don't you know I know a lot of the in-depth history of combat sports um, as a term that used to describe clothing in uh in, in, in MMA so in MMA you Generally, got you'll you'll notice if you if you watch UFC or sort of one championship or anything like that, um, you you will see um, two types of shorts. Generally, in especially the male competitors, uh, you'll see um, kind of longer, um, kind of like um, uh, uh, sort of um, uh, just above the knee uh, type shorts, um, and then you'll see uh, the the uh, the tighty, the, the much tighter ones uh, that are sort of like a, a bit higher up than that and uh, sort of much more figure hugging. Um, uh, Conor McGregor famously would, uh, uh, um, um, wears these, uh, and they're known as Valley Tudo shorts. Um, now basically the term itself, um, originates around, I think like the kind of early 20th century. Um, and I mean, it's a Brazilian term that basically means like like no rules, basically. Um, so kind of like no holds barred, no rules, you know. Um, and um, th- they were basically events uh, that kind of took place, um, actually not unlike the origin of um, of, uh, of professional wrestling. They were events that took place at kind of carnivals um, and like traveling circuses and festivals and things like that. Um, and they became quite popular. Um, to the best of my knowledge. Um, uh, I'm not sure if there was a kind of um, uh, um, uh, a difference between uh, shoot versions uh, of these Valley Tudo matches in in its origin um, and, um, you know, sort of a fixed ones. Um, but um, the more popular ones were uh, the, uh, the the ones that were, were were not fixed that were shoot matches. Um, and basically with the contest that just uh, had uh, sort of two opponents. Uh, there was either a ring um, or sometimes just kind of like an open space um, or like a sort of fenced off area um, where um, sort of um, uh, an audience could watch at a safe distance. Um, and they're essentially uh, no rules um, uh, 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 fights which are. The direct, I suppose, um, uh, origins really of uh, of MMA in, in some ways, um, and it's certainly in Brazil. Um, a lot of people in Brazil, to the best of my knowledge, um, um, are still to this day will talk about Vale Tudo fights instead of MMA. It's um it's a term which is seen as interchangeable. Um, but um, I think they probably became quite well known in the West. I would say um, at the in sort of the early ninth well early to mid nineties. Um, sort of coinciding with um, the Gracies, um, uh, famously, as we've talked about in our many episodes, featuring the very unfortunate Yoji Anjo. Um, uh, 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 sort of a lot of the the, the Gracies, um, uh, the, obviously the first family of Jiu-Jitsu, The Gracies um, selling them- themselves and their famous uh, VHS videos from Hickson's uh, sweaty bunker um, uh, were uh, they, they, they were sort of sold as like the Vale Tudo uh, kind of like you know a, a fighting family. Um, going all the way back to um, sort of like Carlos Gracie, um, Helio Gracie. um, They um, were doing sort of the Gracie Challenge, um, as it was known, um, uh, you know, um, even before Hickson uh, uh, was beating Yoji Anjo into a pulp in that Gracie Challenge. Um, And they kind of sold themselves as the first family of Vale Tudo, and uh, they were still having these Vale Tudo um, uh, tournaments uh, in Brazil, famously in Japan as well. Um, and, uh, I think there's one featured in the, uh, the the Mark Kerr documentary, The Smashing Machine, and I think I think um, that, 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 that there's a Vale Tudo um, um, clip in that at the start. Um, so you get um, you know at that point um, uh, Americans competing in them, and, in, in them and things like that. Um, pe- people from all different um, uh, parts of the world, and yeah, um, that's where it comes from um and that's kind of i guess where it would have been immediately just before uh this this um this epic valetudo contest was staged
0: yeah yeah like if you if you look at old um episodes uh, sorry old issues of the wrestling observer um he Meltzer will uh, as often refer to it as nhb meaning no holds barred um in fact, the section was called NHB uh, back in the 90s, rather than uh, MMA. And he would also refer to Vale Tudo as well. So yeah, the the terms have been used uh, fairly interchangeably. And yeah, no holds barred is definitely something you will uh, see in this match. As for the... um, the venue for it as we said it's a grocery store uh, deathmatch doesn't actually take place in a grocery store as you've just said daniel um it could be a ring or it could be you know some sort of uh, space uh, so the video if you go and watch it on daily motion opens with some lads uh Basically, tying up a sort of enclosure of chicken wire, which is, uh, I guess, meant to simulate the the cage that you would see in uh, MMA in the West. Big Japan, obviously, a, a startup having to work on something of a budget, so they were working with what whatever materials they could. Uh, it's nine in the morning, and it is absolutely pissing it down.
3: Um, oh,
2: I mean, there's got to be a pitch inspection here. That I would get the referee and fork.
3: Yeah. From, oh right, God.
2: That yeah.
3: No, I would... no, no under soil heating here.
0: I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite sad that it the rain stopped because I would have loved to see what this match would have been like if it was teaming it down. Um,
2: there's, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a WCW show that they did in in um, collaboration with MTV, and it was in Florida, and it was during a tropical storm. Oh God! And and they didn't stop the show. And, like, the <laughs> I think, get, I, think
0: like, I have caved seen that. In. Actually,
2: yeah. The tent caved in because of the rain and stuff. And the the ring re- the ring was so slippery. <laughs> Everyone was just slipping about. Nobody could do any moves off the ropes or anything like that. It was ridiculous. There's there's a couple of things on YouTube of it, but yeah, um, not not fun. Put it that way. Yeah, there's um, there's
0: like a WWF show in Puerto Rico where that happened as well. Like the heavens open two minutes into the show. And then you see footage of like the killer bees just taking pratfalls in the, in the rain. Cause like they can't, uh, like that, that's, that's, that's uh, obviously not what you want in terms of, uh, of uh, your wrestling, although in another sense, it very much is it did clear by the time the match starts and you have some nice footage of, um, I think there's sort of other big Japan roster members buying some veg and some meat from the uh, from the local businesses surrounding this uh, this enclosure. To help out George. <laughs> 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 Rishi Sunak has, uh, given them a taste card and all it took was like 10,000 extra deaths. Um so uh the uh at 1pm the ring announcer uh, Uh, starts up she's uh, dressed somewhat like a hotel concierge which I thought was uh, very good and then in a rather worrying sight we see several small children in the audience for this Um, these are probably my my two favourite sort of demographics of the crowd which are primary school children just giggling to themselves uh very unaware of the brutality that is to come and uh, actually when said brutality does come it doesn't seem to phase them whatsoever which is uh, a little worrying and also various old ladies who are uh, just shocked and appalled I presume they had seen Ricky Dozan on the TV when they were younger and thought oh some wrestling is coming to our small town uh, I will go and uh, see these fine young men uh, with uh participate in the sport of kings um so that's quite good. The other bit I really liked about the presentation is, uh, so the wrestlers come out and if you're watching the match um on daily motion, uh, Kobayashi is out with the green trunks. Uh, the man who will become Abdullah Yamakawa in the yellow trunks, Taniguchi in the red shorts, Okamoto in the black shorts, and uh, Kendo Nagasaki, who is bald, and um, <laughs> uh, they are out with a a, a full on brass band. Uh, where, well, actually, it's just for Nagasaki, really, because this is uh, his show. It's Kendo Nagasaki's volley tudo and Shotengai guy after all. Um, the brass band playing uh, the William Tell Overture by Rossini, and also for some fucking reason, Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa. Um, now, um, um, I I enjoyed this. but I'm, I'm really not into uh, brass bands because I mean they're, they're mostly cack. Um, the but, fucking uh, cheap,
3: uh, Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> how dare you After speak four ill? Years how dare you of, speak of ill of you
2: Bumming scar up. Okay.
0: Okay, look, look, Scar, like, isn't entirely brass. It has brass
3: in it. Look, 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 like, my friend, um, look, my friend, where I'm from, if you speak ill of the Williams Fairy Brass Band, then you've got something coming to you, sunshine. People so
2: embarrassed off is going to come to your door.
0: <laughs> what I was going to say is, however, this brass band are very good, and um, they <laughs> are be- be- better than half the cunts they get to play the Bugle on Remembrance Sunday. Um, I was immediately there were also cheerleaders there as uh, well like a real crazy vibe to this and i was very much put in mind of that uh, episode of the big of the big breakfast where hulk hogan and macho man randy savage were on it uh, we watched in our uh, wednesday night stream a few a uh, few weeks ago and um, at the end of the episode you have the guests uh, hulk hogan macho man randy savage uh, macho's namesake lily and also martin mccutcheon of perfect moment fame and um, they have like a parade coming out of the the set, which is uh, accompanied by a brass band playing an arrangement of Pastime with Good Company by Henry the Eighth. So um like a similarly crazy vibe to uh to this. Um I I especially like that the uh the brass band were in the middle of playing the Stars and Stripes Forever when the bell rang to start the match and the brass band kept playing. They were just like we're gonna get our shit in,
3: brother. Yeah, well, I I, I I thought that was great. And uh, I, was, I was glad you, you I think we, we were thinking along similar lines about this, George, because my notes just say, can we book this band to play the last post at the Cenotaph next year? Go fund me,
2: please.
3: Imagine the Cenotaph deathmatch oh no respect no respect george no no, respect.
0: no one like equals one respect yeah um yeah i i quite like this actually it 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 uh, also put me in mind of that uh match that um uh asuka back when she was called kana had with maker satamura where yeah there just this guy wilding out on the shamisen for like 20 minutes to accompany the match
3: yeah i love that that was great yeah,
0: yeah. it's really good so um essentially what we so we start with the match it's um The structure of this one is a little bit strange, but as we said, valetudo, where, you know, no rules, anything goes. Uh, So Okamoto and Taniguchi start with uh, some good old fashioned uh, grappling, which you, you know, you might see in quite a lot of UFC fights. If you're, uh, if you're familiar with that at all. Um, Kendo Nagasaki, meanwhile, the uh, patriarch of this show, shall we say, is uh, shouting at them from outside the cage, looking on very menacingly and carrying a barbed wire bat and just uh, hitting the wire um it's uh he is, he is a he is a profoundly terrifying man which is established at a at an early juncture in this
2: mm, yeah yeah he's, yeah he's unhinged an un- unhinged man
3: he has the look of a stern monk
2: he really does, he does. yeah, and...
3: yeah. Do, 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 do you reckon maybe he would have been invited to join sternness at any point do you remember sternness <laughs> oh faction? god yes big big sternness
0: <laughs> energy emanating from uh from this guy yeah. um he that's the bit. first mention of sternness, I
3: think, since the first episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, actually, I was considering for our uh, our Christmas episode, we just have a discussion about uh, the the best stable names in the history of pure because, Like sternness has to be up there, sure, surely. Yeah, sternness and good. stack of arms, frankly unbeatable. Um, so uh, Nagasaki uh, eventually tires of this uh, of this grappling, and then <laughs> uh, he kind of just um, uh, he kind of just breaks into the cage. <laughs> Like Kane, at Bad Blood, ninety-seven. He's just like, like, no, fuck this! I'm coming in. I'm coming in, man. And that's uh, gotta be Nagasaki. That's gotta be <laughs> Nagasaki. <laughs> I. What, what I also like is that the um, the other lads, uh, Yamakawa and uh, Kobayashi, kind of tried to hold him off from wreaking havoc on these uh, two leave guys. No, were... leave it. He's not worth it.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil Mitchell, like off his tits on white ace, having to be held back from staving in Billy's face in the Queen Vic. <laughs> <laughs> A simpler time. Yeah, absolutely. Remember Eastenders. Um so um uh, Eastenders
2: season 1 before it went all mainstream in <laughs> season 2. I
0: love that Eastenders season 2 became a thing because of because uh, of covid. That's just like Yeah, absolutely. So um uh so they basically tried to hold off Nagasaki from uh, beating up these guys who were just wanting to have a nice grapple. Um, They they fail in this, Um, as you will see for the majority of the match. uh, Kendo Nagasaki is uh, not one for anyone trying to uh, do moves on him or anything like that. So um, uh, he kind of drags them out of the cage and then they they brawl into the crowd. But what it basically becomes, and this will really be the case for uh, the rest of the match up until the finish is—it's it, kind of two separate fights. What you have is Okamoto and Taniguchi finally. you are more of
2: a ring style sort of MMA fight, whereas the other one's more UWFI, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've
0: got the two. You've got yeah. the two uh, styled Okamoto and Taniguchi. Of uh, they basically take their fight outside of the of the of the cage, and then you have what. I mean I guess it would be a uh, three way MMA fight in the the kind you get in you not you might get in Russia where they have those uh, you ever seen those <laughs> really grim Survivor series MMA fights where yeah. it's five on five and then one guy gets knocked out, the extra man is just free to go and start pounding on this. Little... <laughs> <laughs> and it's
2: sort of an obstacle course for some reason. Uh, oh, it's, it's, the ultras it's are yeah. and the rafters like sting in fucking W C W ninety seven. The most
3: violent of Krypton Factors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's only two kinds of MMA in Russia, and it's that, and it's uh, the one where they're in a ring, but they're wearing medieval armor. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I wouldn't have any other one. Oh, no. no, absolutely
0: not. So and, and, get... and, and either way, Fedor wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and you, you, you really get like a, a, a three-way MMA fight between Kendo and Nagasaki and the unfortunate uh, Yamakawa and Kobayashi, Okamoto and Taniguchi... Um, Essentially, start chucking bikes at each other like they're in a Yakuza <laughs> game, uh, which I found very entertaining. And uh, some uh, some old women look worried, as in fairness, they are correct too.
2: The, the thing I love most, well, I mean, there's lots of stuff I love about this suppose the fact that um, clearly what they've done is that they went back and to post and get some Foley editors. To make every shot sound like someone's been hit by a cannon. And <laughs> it's oh. so good, they throw a bike at almost like I mean- And every single shot, irrespective of it, is a bike. A tell a cardboard box. It doesn't matter. We'll uh, and it all sounds hideous. And uh, I'm, I'm,
3: I mean, you know the the, the dialectic of uh, the dialectic of diegetic and non diegetic sound in the uh, Valley Tudo masterpiece of B J W. Me for Jacobin. Um, like, but no, seriously. Like, um, the, the sound effects in this, lads. I mean, everything from from the uh, the, the kind of um, uh, the best thing about about the, the strike sound effects was that at first i didn't actually notice them like the first two or three strikes i thought oh he's really laying them in there Whoa, oh, hey like and then i, didn't I re- notice them at all, so. yeah and, and then i i realized that i'd been had by bjw's <laughs> nagasaki Valley judo death match like um the sound effects are incredible and they go along with these like um these, these slow-mo montages that accompany some of like the eliminations, uh, uh well, in some, oh, uh, uh, and uh, you know they've got these uh, guitar lines and voiceovers that remind me of like an '80s Japanese cop noir. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a very, very Tokyo story. Oh, like, it's um, phenomenal. Uh, yeah. the,
0: it, it's uh, it's kind of. I mean, we are used. To, I mean, I think maybe the reason I didn't notice is because we're used nowadays to like you know bit rest nonces slapping their thighs for fucking everything, including stomps in the corner, and like they all have the same. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like it's like you said the. Um, the severity of the noise in no way matches up with the severity of the actual hit it kind of reminds me of i i did uh, a uh, sarah and i and a couple of friends did a uh, playthrough of a, a call of cthulhu scenario the, uh, the tabletop game and the the damage ranges in that game are like vary depending on the weapon but like the the, the floor of it is always one uh, one hp damage so in in this playthrough we took uh, there were two points at which one of us took damage. Um, I took four HP damage from getting shot in the shoulder by a pistol, and uh, our friend Lucy took a, a, a three HP damage, so just one less than I took for
3: being shot. She took three HP
0: damage from a book falling on her head in a library. Oh
3: uh, well. Uh, speaking speaking as as a professional librarian, it happens more often than you might think. <laughs> <laughs> In the occult section. Um yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, yeah, it's uh the,
0: the sound effect's very good. very, very uh, WCW uh, channel five uh, Sunday night coverage. Um the,
2: the brass band is still playing at this point, but it is They are
0: it's it's amazing. I also love that like you can um you can tell when they've uh, they've cut in different footage because in the background the brass band are playing this tune. that I swear we played at school and I can't remember the name of it. It's one that goes and then it will cut to like the other two guys fighting and I, suddenly the brass band are playing the Stars and Stripes Forever I, again. I
3: believe I believe that's uh, called Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. George, <laughs> the, uh, your, your favorite song of all the time and yeah. one which you were very familiar with yeah, before. Absolutely, it was- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm more int- I'm more intimately familiar with Seven Nation Army than I am with some of my former partners.
2: <laughs> no, I I have a game for us um, coming up now because what happens now is that they, they go, go to <laughs> I mean it was, this match is pretty much a game of boggle, isn't it? Um, uh, they go to the Nagasaki Body Slams Yavakawa and Kobe actually into a fruit stand as in like it's just a giant table of fruit and he throws them into it. Now, George Daniel, you know my undying devotion um, to supermarket sweep. Ah, yes, yep. <laughs> so yeah. I have lined up five questions here for you. Oh, at the, wow. oh, of the supermarket sweep yes, round. All the answers are weapons in this. So the first one uh-huh. that comes up here. Yep. If your opponent doesn't fancy selling, just launch it at the dome. Ah,
3: huh? uh, a, a, a melon.
2: I'll take it. Oh, watermelon. Yes, yes well done, Daniel. Yes. One point yes. to Daniel there. Oh,
0: yeah, this is the this is the bit at which um it uh, it looks like more mat wrestling might break out because there's a bit where Okamoto puts <laughs> Taniguchi in a Fujiwara <laughs> armbar. And then we just cut to Nagasaki absolutely braining people with watermelons.
2: Now, George, you have a you, you all, the next part. You have a you have a chance to reclaim some pride here. So yeah. I've got one for you. Millennials bemoaning boomers with youthful bravado. They can't buy houses because they're too busy eating toast with. <laughs> avocado. Yes, well
0: done. What about an avocado? Because I was trying to work out, like, yeah, Yamakawa gets uh, body slammed through the, um, through the table of food and veg, which the, the kids fucking love, by the way. They uh,
2: <laughs> Oh, they love it so the, much.
0: The, yeah. the, 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 uh, Famous animus between kids and fruit and veg is in evidence here. And then, yeah, Yamaka gets something stuffed in his mouth. And I was trying to make out if it was an avocado, but this is like VHS footage from the 90s and it wasn't immediately oh, clear.
3: What, I'm glad what, to get wait, is, is, is that the bit we're referring to? The avocado? That's what the avocado... It was in the mouth, the avocado. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, I'm because... Pretty sure right, that, because so. Oh, fucking hell. I don't know what's wrong with me then, because I've written down here, make note <laughs> to ask the lads, what kind of fish is that in his mouth? <laughs> I was going to say, you know, is it carp? You know, river cobbler, um, but apparently it's avocado. Um, oh, you'll get you'll get fish later on, believe me. Well, that that, yeah, that's true.
2: It's a juicy wee ras. Yeah. I think oh, <laughs> God. I'm a ras man. <laughs> 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 I love to love. I uh, love to fish and- him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've I have i have just watched I've just watched full gear. I've had quite enough Billy Gunn for today. <laughs> Thank you very much. He was only in the crowd. No, he wasn't. No he wasn't. He's in a match.
0: <laughs> I d I don't know. Whenever I see Billy Gunn, I always uh, start I always start laughing because of that um when when Tanahashi wrestled him on that New Japan show and like Tanahashi did that promo about wrestling legend Billy Gunn and bless him <laughs> managed to keep a straight face while saying it. What a pro. What a pro- get, Daniel?
2: Um, yeah, I was going to say Daniel needs to prefer, refer to dynamite by its proper name, which is boom dynamite. <laughs> the um
0: the, the there's, there's then a bit where Okamoto and Taniguchi brawl in some cardboard, um just in some boxes. <laughs> just falling over like a couple of drunks. And um, then uh, it, probably my favorite spot of the match, Taniguchi tries to hit Okamoto with, I think it was, it was some sort of inflatable bollard. It was um, <gasps> yeah. advertised, advertised and he completely misses Okamoto with it, like
3: flailing it around, despite the fact Okamoto is literally right in front of him. So, so, <laughs> so I, th- this remind this, this, this took me right back, this did, uh, because they're hitting each other with um, various bits of kind of cardboard and inflatables. Um, this reminded me, I don't know if I've spoken about this on, uh on the podcast before but i probably have uh but i'm not sure so many moons ago when i was about 15 16 17 i i used to be in a backyard wrestling federation um in uh, in in stockport near manchester um and um i remember that we were we were sort of obviously we didn't have uh, much in the way of money or equipment uh so uh, we basically we, we had heart. but we had heart yeah we had heart, um, and we, we so it, it was very it was very punk rock. So, um, we all we had to hand and the first few things like sort of shows that we put on, which was just us video them for our own amusement, um, was a a, a Velux box, um, a, a, an inflatable comedy penis uh, that someone's bigger sister had, had like taken out on like a stag or, like a hen night or something. Um, and some very soft aluminium baking trays, um, and, and that was like that from like some ma- someone's mam's like cupboard. Um, so that's all we had to use. But like in the internal logic of that world that we created, um, you know, um, we, we we basically we, we treated them by way of selling and commentary as like absolutely deadly. You know, oh my god, it has got the violence box! Oh my god! Like, um, and you know, I, I I I was when I was watching this, I was about to go off on some kind of like you know. Like glazed over reverie about the beauty of the suspension of disbelief, until your man careers out of a hardware store with a giant fucking ghetto blaster and attempts to brain oh. someone with it, and I was immediately brought brought back down to earth. I think it's this, amazing. This is the
2: it's moment. A, would you like to hear my question
0: that I had for, for ghetto blaster? Oh no, did I? Oh, oh no, we're your toes. Yeah, go oh, for it. No.
2: Whether original pressing or twentieth anniversary remaster, crank it up and hit play on your ghetto
0: blaster. Oh my god, that's the that, that
3: that see junkyard dog. That's a real ghetto blaster. Yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, but you know, I, I feel like this that very much signals the moment when those that are watching in the in the crowd who've been expecting one thing and very much been delivered something else. Have oh, absolutely! I, like yeah, sort been, th- on this yeah, match. they've
2: sort of
3: they sort of been going along with it and thinking, well, it it's you know, it's not what we quite expected, but but it's quite funny and it's mainly harmless. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mainly watermelons being smashed, it's uh, avocado stroke hake being put down people's throats. Uh, but then all of a sudden, when fucking Homeboy comes out of the fucking, like, uh, of the fucking... Like, GVC st- fucking yeah. turbo sound <laughs> and just fucking he, he's got like a, a ghetto blaster, which would put your man from um uh uh, the, the, uh, uh what's it called? Uh, do the right thing, the Spike Lee film, to Shame. Uh, <laughs> he, just, he comes out and he just chucks it at someone's head, and it smashes oh, And at that, that point,
2: he doesn't even like like he's just like right. His head is here. I want to smash it like that watermelon. and yeah. just smash
3: yeah. it, 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 it. It's very much like when you're at a party and some mind, sort of mild, mindless kind of like you know, uh, um, sort of like mild uh, drug-induced horseplay descends into wanton violence. Um, yeah, ab-
0: absolutely. It's 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 so good. Like th- thankfully the Ghetto Blaster lands a good few feet in front of its uh target. Yeah, but, can
2: um, you imagine? Can uh, you imagine? <laughs>
0: and uh and then for the first time uh, for the first time ever, some wrestlers become intimately acquainted with a pharmacy. So um <laughs> <laughs> There's t- Taniguchi throws Okamoto into a bookcase and then downs what I very much hope is very small, like hotel minibar amount of booze, and not uh, some mysterious medicine. Uh, then Okamoto um, sprays Taniguchi with some sort of uh, foam, as a very befuddled man in a white coat watches on. And then uh, Nagasaki batters some lads with a scale. <laughs> a scale like one you would. Um, I I was I was trying to think if it was a till um or uh, anything like that i think it was a um, i used to work for a guy who i actually didn't find out what the business did until like my third week because i was just like you know what i, I don't said so
2: that episode of black books has yeah, <laughs> not yeah yeah so and, Gets uh, a job and she doesn't know what she's doing he gets like promoted
0: yeah it literally was cuz i was like okay well i, I my role was um uh, i i not really need to know and then eventually i found out his business um sold scales to supermarkets and paid people to check that they were uh measuring uh, things properly and he had, he had like a sort of arsenal of like 12 different subcontractors who would like go around and measure these scales it was like a really big operation
3: <laughs> you, you, you know the bloke he just mentioned who has the kind of uh the the, the worried look on his face yes well well I, I made a note of this because um they cut to him um and uh, you know he, he has this kind of look of plaintive despair on his face um and like that I think the last time that I saw a look as kind of resigned to pity, uh, (laughs) like the sort of horror of what was unfolding before him as that was... um, Have you ever seen that, that, that documentary film called Knuckle? Um, no, I haven't. Right. So it, it, it's quite a good film in a, in a way. I, 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 I've not actually heard anything from the actual community um, uh, uh, that was documented in it uh, about what they think about it. So I would I would hold off endorsing it until I actually hear something from the, the travelling community that it's based on the, about it, uh, you know, because these things can be a bit exploitative as well, I think, you know. Um, and uh, But anyway, it, 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 it's, a, it's a documentary about um, the tradition of uh, bare-knuckle fighting uh, to settle scores in the travelling community. Oh, um, right, right, right um and um uh, the look on it on the face of this fella um it reminds me of there's a scene in that um, in which there is kind of this fella who is—he's um, he, not someone who's involved in any, in, any of the bare-knuckle fights. He's just a member of one of the families, um, and he's sort of—he's um, he, there and he's recounting this. Touchline the... dad, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but, it's, but he, he's sort of—he's um, very much uh, aware of kind of the, uh, uh, the, the the kind of bathos of it all, um, and, and he's recounting the history of traveler fights and the kind of this, you know, like the, the, the intractable nature of the way in which there is these, like, that uh, they've become this kind of um, this fundamental aspect of, of, of the culture, uh, and he, he, he's kind of bemoaning like. The, the, the determinism of it all and like he's clearly yearning for this like a better way for masculinity and conflict to be expressed uh and, and you know and that's what this bloke looks like or in terms the layman would understand is ken barlow disapprovingly taking in the drunken violent disorder of a traumatized post ruc jim mcdonald in the rovers return
0: <laughs> <laughs> then we get, get, get all the british um uh british soaps uh mentions yeah. uh yeah, to right. liken something to Jimmy Corkhill and yeah. insert character from Family Affairs here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean at the I end, you'll wake mean, up
3: and it's like a dream. Like Benny in Crossroads, we'll have, we'll have got them all.
0: Right. So. I, I was going to ask actually, like this sort of appalled-looking pharmacist, like presumably all these local businesses that the wrestlers were brawling into and doing their valetudo
3: in, like they must have agreed to this ahead of yeah.
2: time. Yeah? I don't know, George. Know what the... I, I to d- ask know. Note?
3: That. Yeah, to ask one of you guys, did, what was the what was the arrangement, right? I have no idea, but, like, surely.
2: What I think went on, genuinely, is that they went to them, and they're like, we're going to do this wrestling match, and it'll spill out, and it'll get a wee bit out of hand. You know, we'll, we'll maybe chuck a watermelon about, or something like that. And they're like, all right, he says, don't worry, we'll 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 pay for it, right? And they're like, all right, that's fine. I mean, it's not going to be that much. And then they've got caught up in the heat of the moment. Either that, or they just lied, and we're like, yeah, we're going to, like, fuck about some watermelons, you know. Maybe throw a ghetto blaster at someone's head, and then you know, standard japes, and it's just spiraled out of control. Yeah, because... it's
0: it's it's like a Bullingdon Club light, night out. You know, you you wreck one local business, and suddenly the whole fucking uh, town centre's on fire.
2: I mean, <laughs> I I, I would say I've got, I've got I've got another um I've got another uh, uh, question here for supermarket sweep. I think you like. Okay, um, go. Nevia, the official men's grooming product of Liverpool football team. Look out for a pack in your Christmas stocking with moisturiser and bald cream. Yeah, <laughs> the bald cream, the bald cre- <laughs> like the, the sh- I think the shaving cream is proper. Like probably one of the funny things here he sells it like an acid attack oh yeah it's like
0: have you seen that have you seen that <laughs> have you, have you seen that, uh, uh, that bit in halftime heat where um like uh, mankind gets some uh, soup like tipped over and he's selling it like it burns and then the rock tastes
3: them and just goes it's mild <laughs> so, so, what, what, so what do you say it was mild what you're really saying is it <gasps> it's not hot <laughs> there's no hulkamaniacs
0: here <laughs> um my, my th- I think I think you actually there is actually something to your theory, David. In that um, there's a famous incident uh, involving um, uh, classy Freddie Blassie, which you can read about in the Rise and Fall of Ricardozan and by George Twigg, available for Kindle for two pound forty nine. Um, in which uh, uh, Freddie Blassie went, uh, him and Luthes actually went to a China shop and there were some kids just gawking as you would at the at the big uh, big nasty foreign wrestling heels and Blassie decided to try and scare them and then the kids like just screamed and all ran out of the shop and knocked over a load of stuff and uh ricky dozan ended up having to pay for it all because like half this guy's shop was just absolutely wrecked with this fine japanese china so like the the there the, the might be something to that because like you um uh, one, one person we haven't mentioned yet in the match actually is the uh, the fellow in glasses who's got a sort of uh, Cuban drug lord shirt on and I'm pretty sure he's the great Kajika um, oh uh, he, I'm
2: pretty sure he has a boss in a Zito. Yeah,
0: yeah, great great, great Kajika, pa- patriarch of the big Japan family. He's uh, still wrestling by the way um, and he, he looks fucking old here he um, did? in 1995 <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, 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 was, uh, I was trying to work out who that was. I,
3: was like, I, I presume it's Kajika and I was like trying to Well because at first, to Sort of like go back to the, the question that we just posed. I at first not recognizing him immediately, thought <laughs> thought thought maybe this is the guy who's like sort of um he, he owns this complex of shops, and, <laughs> and, and he's, he's just rocked up fucking mortified at what he's doing, <laughs> and he's having to sort of negotiate with like you know.
2: <laughs> I imagine that also happened right oh yeah i'm sure
0: <laughs> you, like, you see kajika talking to some guys after the match and kajika just <laughs> with uh, nagasaki and kajika does not look that happy no i mean now, there's, I another... will say, there,
2: there, there's one thing i would say as well i mean there there's one thing that a lot that kind of we all know about japanese businesses What's the first thing about Japanese businesses, George? If you want to set up a business in Japan, well, the, Japan, the, you, you have, have to do. do
0: everything through completely legitimate and legal channels, of course. Very above very yes. board.
2: Now, I can imagine the call to the Yakuza Don that day. Oh. When, <laughs> can you imagine when he just gets a phone call going um, like, um, "There's been a, there's been an incident in the Shorting Guy Forge," and then. Um, <laughs> Like you know, the 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 forged market has just been absolutely ripped apart. There's counterfeit Juventus hats all over the place. I mean, what will we do? Like that—that that would not have been a fun phone call. Much like the, the Donald Trump's campaigners refusing to ask him what he would do in the event of a loss yeah. because it meant that he would acknowledge the idea that he might lose. Yeah. It very much feels like that. Yeah. Where they're like, "Well, we just not say anything
3: yeah. you're, <laughs> well, you're not a loser. You're just not allowed to be president anymore. <laughs> the, the, uh, you, you, you—if anything—were president too well, Clive. <laughs> yeah,
2: you um, allowed to do it. I'm afraid to say, though, George, that the match is going, going to uh, take a turn. Uh... Oh, point. God, it
0: is. Yeah, here's another thing that Kajika is uh, not going to be very happy because after um, some lads get battered with a, <laughs> a, a fully calibrated measuring scale, we get some dramatic music and then we cut some folks checking on Yamanaka, who's got a gash in his forearm which looks like the fucking Eye of Sauron.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it's, it, it's where we go full casually at this
3: point. Oh, my God. Um, it's horrendous. They, uh, but there's, they... there's a voiceover and everything here that's sort
0: of. and a montage. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. They, they kind of. It looks like they're trying to tape him up. And then they clearly think, actually, no, we should probably get him uh, checked out. So we spirited away in a van to go to a local medical facility. And then immediately we jump cut back to Okamoto karate kicking Taniguchi while some jaunty brass band music happened.
2: <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then, Ekimotu just picks up loaves of bread. Just trying to get with loaves of bread. I mean, this is Toshiyuki Ma's special.
3: I, 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 I legitimately had no idea at this point when the um, uh, <laughs> like I said before, the, the voiceover um and the montage that is put together to kind of signal that he's had to go and get medical treatment. I had genuinely no idea. If that if, if if that was meant, to, obviously I don't speak a word of Japanese, so I, I have no idea now to this day, from the time I first saw this to the rewatch I did today to now, if that is meant to be a serious, um, like a uh, sort of you know, it, 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 it's meant to be them making a directorial decision retone uh, to sort of go actually though, you know what? There's been a lot of melons broken, a lot of ghetto blasters thrown, a lot of weight, a lot of scales chucked around, but this. Yeah, this requires gravitas, he's hurt. Uh, you know or, yeah, or if I, it's like the a ravages thing.
2: of war yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> or if it's just like a sort of postmodern satire on like genre conventions I've got no idea well, there's,
0: a bit, there's, a, there's a bit involving Yamanaka later which we'll get to which makes me think that like they did play it for yucks a, uh, a little bit I mean yeah. the person I feel sorry for like I'm less concerned for Yamanaka whose arm has been like frankly mutilated by something <laughs> it, it could have been one of like 16 different things in fairness I feel less sorry for him than I do for poor old Yosuke Kobayashi who is now going to have to bear the brunt of Kendo Nagasaki's offense by himself?
2: Oh no! <laughs> um,
0: and uh, now we um,
2: I wonder, does he?
0: Oh God, he does. But before that, um, we I'd like to uh, take you to a little thing I like to call Stato's Fetish Corner. So uh, we've <laughs> got a, uh, a couple of kinks represented here in this match. Uh, firstly, Okamoto gets pied, which will uh, please the wet and messy fetishists out there, and. um, uh, after which the um the ring announcer is taken to um taken to uh they show her like sitting down with a towel on her head. So either she's copped a stray projectile, which is possible, or she's been clearly traumatized by something. I like to think she's just thinking, oh, you know, the ghetto blaster attack and the lacerations were fine, but that was a, a lovely looking lemon meringue pie, and it's just gone to waste.
2: I, <laughs> um, mean, I, th- I, I, I this is where you talk about like a, de- a directorial decision, and obviously about the this is the beauty of, like, a big Japan doing this in a death match or whatever over, say, an American company doing this. Because, obviously, we are in the age of cinematic wrestling, of just nonsense at the wazoo, which, as I've mentioned before, and it may be quite evident from this match, I am a big fan of cinematic wrestling. But I've had my fill of cinematic wrestling at this point, And it doesn't have the same tonality as the Japanese one. because. No. I mean, the perfect example is—I don't know if you've seen it—but um, the Viking Raiders and um, what they called Street they Prophets. Called, Street Prophets. Oh, had one. fucking hell! And it was atrocious. No, and it was I've not Clearly played for laughs. It was clearly played for laughs, and they they spent so much time building references over like four weeks of RAW and stuff, and it all culminated and all this. And it was nonsense because it was just, whoa, it's wacky. Wow, look, they're brawling through the back of the performance centre. This is crazy. It's a WCW backstage assault. Wow. And you're like, that's not like, I know it is. You don't, you don't need to tell me that. Do you yeah, I mean? it's like
0: it's, it's the Ready Player One um, effect where it's like you substitute um, humour for just referencing things and like we've made reference to something from the past and therefore that is the same as having made a joke um i think i think where cinematic I, I i didn't really think of this match in terms of uh, cinematic wrestling uh, but you are absolutely right and i think you know, people have been down on some of the stuff this year because Oh, you know the cinematic wrestling in WWE has been has been terrible, but that is probably because Louis is terrible, yeah. rather than something about the idea of doing something like this. Because, like as, as this shows, uh, you know, filming a match in this style. Uh, it it, it uh, can work. I mean, and, I, um... I would
3: make a distinction between cinematic wrestling with a capital C and a small. C. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, like, I'm, a... I'm, I mean, yeah. yeah. We we've spoken about how you know things like um the uh you know you know a lot of um on on uh, FMW death matches the way they're filmed and things you know. Um, are, are, would constitute, I think, Cinematic Wrestling with a small C. Cinematic Wrestling with a big C seems to be almost entirely post-Final um, uh, Final Deletion.
2: Yeah, I, 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 think that's,
3: uh, I think that's a fair point to be made, uh, for sure.
2: I think the thing with Final Deletion is, I think a lot of people liked it because it harkened back to this uh, like this sort of stuff. Yeah. like Because we hadn't seen it before in a mainstream thing, and it was kind of like, you know, that getting that platform was... Like, I mean, I really enjoyed the Final Deletion, it was fantastic, but like, yeah, it's just a case of, like, we've already seen that at this platform at this point now. We've already had the final deletion. We don't need hundreds and hundreds of it I was very much
3: thinking that when I watched the pay-per-view last night, actually, because they had um, uh, Sammy Guevara and um, uh, 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 Matt Hardy in the uh, Elite deletion match, is it? Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, it's still fun, but I find myself with all the sort of cinematic wrestling these days... Uh, um, when it when it starts, like I'm quite excited for it. you know it's it's a change, it's something different. even if it's if it's shit and it's kind of derivative, it's just a good laugh. But I find myself just getting pretty bored after about five minutes of it. Um, whereas this is, this, this genuinely did sort of, uh, I think because of the collision between the real and the unreal, <laughs> um, it very yeah, it, much it, did there's
0: a lot of places. Like it keeps, yeah. it, it, it certainly, it certainly keeps moving. There's something to be said for that. Um, mm-hmm. the, the second, uh, second kink, um, uh, in uh, Stato's fetish corner can be, uh, seen in evidence when, uh, Kenno Nagasaki, uh, force feeds, uh, Kobayashi some ham. I, I was going to say if, if the, if you, if you want a, um, is uh, a sort of reference to uh Valetudo um uh <laughs> what that was being made here. That's actually how uh Tim Sylvia beat Andre Arlovsky to win the uh, UFC <laughs> heavyweight title <laughs> oh, God. Right. I
2: wanna I want to talk about this spot right because specifically raw meat skeeves me the fuck out, right? I I I, I don't I hate it. I, I hate the idea of, of it. I, I hate it. So when he put his face full full into this plate of raw meat, I nearly bolched. Like I was I was away and I was just like, "This is fucking horrific." And then, and then to top it off, George he grabs the tin and just fucking flattens his skull with this fucking. T- like we t- we talk about, you know, headshots from chairs about how it's very it's reckless. They shouldn't be doing it. It's dangerous. A headshot in WWE to the chair is like a fucking sleeper hold compared to this thing where he just goes, "Oh, there's a fly in the table, bang." And just absolutely like caves his skull in with this giant fucking metal tin. You can see the dent in the tin.
0: I do not like like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, (laughs) (laughs) Kajika-san.
2: Like, it's... Oh, oh, this this was uh, I, I was not a fan.
0: As if, as if that's not uh, horrible enough, then we cut back to the hospital where Yamanaka is being looked at by by a nurse, and then uh, they just cut to him being stitched up with a, which again always just uh, always just f- f- fucks me out. That does um, and sitting uh, there
2: on a on a hospital bed for eight hours, thanks to NHS waiting times. Bring in Dropper. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, hail privatization! Boris and, and Johnson save us!
0: And then uh, ju- juxtaposed with this is some slow mo footage of the violence uh, that has been inflicted back at the match, uh, including uh, Nagasaki stuffing Kobayashi into a bin like some sort of <laughs> school bully, and then some action replays of the uh, shenanigans at the fruit shop and the uh, the avocado and all that stuff. And then while Yamanaka is being worked on by the doctors, uh, looking very sanguine about uh, everything, we we'll just have an interview with him.
2: So, yeah, it's like, up. Um, yeah it's
0: fucking it's fucking ridiculous
2: like and there's a bit of, a bit of pay for us about this because yeah. it's like we've had our fun lads right and now we need to look at the consequences of fun so when the fun stops stop that's what we are saying. <laughs> yeah. i mean look at this slow motion footage with jerry springer's final <laughs> thought music over it.
0: oh yeah absolutely and, i mean to be honest cg yamakawa is very much better off out of this match
2: we we've had the we've had the highs and now we have the lows where we have to think about the human cost that's right yeah I, and the ham yes.
3: i mean it 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 does veer from kind of um, you know uh, this is the thing about this match is that that kind of encapsulates it it's like it veers from like you know kind of innocent a uh, uh, food cake pastry destruction uh to what you know if this wasn't consensual be probably constitute criminal damage now oh, um, God, i know, I know exactly, exactly like this yeah i mean you know it's it, it's clearly it's clearly just like a, a, a you know especially if as we as we sort of uh, 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 Speculated before, some of the shopkeepers perhaps aren't aware that this stuff's about to happen (laughs) to their produce. Now, unlike the recently elected vice president of the US, I'm not a cop, Uh, but I do have to ask the question again: How much did these people know about how much of their fine meat products and pastries were going to be destroyed? Uh, Because you know, I have another.
2: uh, I think I have another sort of grimoire question that I have for you here. I over the last couple of years have become very conscious about my sort of car- carbon footprint, so to speak, and as well as that, my meat intake. So I put it to you, George: Is being killed to be turned into ham to be used in the grocery store death match a noble death? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I, I think I think absolutely. Like the uh, it, the, the very fact that this. As we've said, this is the pinnacle of uh, mixed martial arts combat. So, uh, I would claim, you, you know, lineage going back to uh, you know the, the, the catch wrestlers of Lancashire in the nineteenth century and so on. So I'd say I, I remember way, Anderson
2: Silva used to talk about how much he studied this tape before <laughs> like, his, his UFC fights. I mean, I mean, the, uh, the, after McDonald, yeah.
3: McDonald Lawler. This is my favourite Vale fight. <laughs> the the, uh, the bit where the. Um, uh, yeah, um, Kobe has
0: some bottles broken over his head then, and like where <laughs> like they mostly they they are selling. Apart from Nagasaki, he was not, but like the other guys are are selling. And I presume a lot of this stuff like hurts like fuck, but they are at least trying to uh, remain stoic through it. And how
2: much of this is selling? And how much of this is our body failing? Well, well, this is
0: the thing because, like, Kobayashi is at least taking it like a champ until he has his bottle bottles broken over his head, and you can see from his face and the noise he lets out, he did not enjoy that. No. Um, and then he gets a bunch of beer crates thrown at him. Oh god, it's fucking horrible. God bless uh, Taniguchi and Okamoto back at. Uh, back at the uh, at the ranch who are doing some more <laughs> of this uh, grappling because uh, Tanaguchi's got Okamoto in a figure four leg lock on the floor of Fishmongers. That's a fucking uh, tongue twister, That is. As we
2: know... From uh, the UWF New Japan feud, the Figure Four is a legitimate match. Sure yeah, yeah, sure. we right.
0: we we know this, and um, the the uh, I mean, what what is arguably more lethal than the Figure Four is the uh, the thing that goes on after the hold is broken, wherein this is probably my favourite spot of the match. I found this absolutely hilarious. Whereas um, Okamoto batters Taniguchi with I don't know what kind of fish this is, but it's fucking massive. It is the size of like it is the size of the children that are watching the match, and um, Taniguchi uh, sort of rootles around for something to combat this fish attack, and responds with a very very tiny fish, and just tries to batter Okamoto <laughs> with that, and then just has to use like several small fish. It's
3: so funny.
2: I seem to remember this happened in Fedor versus Kevin Randall and in Pride. Um, <laughs> Oh god! Like just he are... dumped him on his head.
3: He pulled out a, uh, a hadjik and uh, went <laughs> went to work. <laughs> but, but this is what I this is what
0: I mean about the the stark tonal shifts. You've got this uh, quite slapstick stuff with the with the fish fight, <laughs> and then meanwhile, um, Kendo Nagasaki <laughs> is just chucking white goods at Ashley. <laughs> like it's proper. Just Why?
2: Right. I want to ask a question here. Why did it have just an alley full of old fridges and like washing machines and stuff?
0: I think they <laughs> it must. that? They must have scoped out the area and just um, Kajik has probably like driven around all of the different uh, the different parts of the town and just gone right, this area is rife for fly tipping. Like you, you, you'll have fun here.
2: This reminded me of—I don't know if you've ever heard of a, um, a music project Daniel called Rummaging.
3: Uh, I don't think so. But r- tell me, remind—tell well, me what it is, and I, I might. Well, might
2: rummaging—it it does what it says in the tin. Where basically all their songs are them rummaging in junk shops and jam- uh, jumble sales. So it's just a noise of them going through like weird electronics, trying to find something to buy. And that's the entire track. And it really just reminded me of that, where you could absolutely just get a rummaging track out of this, just of them um, just f- throwing fucking dishwashers about and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's That fantastic. sounds fantastic.
3: I should listen to that. Um, oh
2: yeah, but why? Why was there a heap of old discarded appliances here? It's so weird. It's kind of like you
0: know the uh, the old uh, discussion about why is this stuff under the ring um, in WWE like you know you would have okay ladders and chairs and tables all stuff that you might have if you were like building a set for instance um and but like why why is there a stop sign you know um (laughs) and uh, i i think it's the same sort of thing like most of the weapons in this are stuff that are are sold in shops but then you've just got there like uh discarded uh uh fridges Uh, meanwhile uh okamoto kicks the fuck out of Tanaguchi before pinning him, which I, I thought was the end of the match. It uh, isn't, because Nagasaki yeah, sure, emerges out of a doorway like a uh, a uh, horror movie villain that you thought was dead, throwing Kobayashi out of said doorway. And then we cut to a very sad-looking little girl, and I, I kind of, like... I kind of felt her pain at this point because, like, Kendo Nagasaki is just on absolutely such a rampage. Then we see a child running off, who might have been the same little girl. Uh, we see a child running off, and its mum running after it, and she's grabbing it around the collar. You come back here! Like, I, I, I paid, I paid five thousand yen for this fucking ticket. You're gonna <laughs> sit and watch this till the end.
2: Now, I've got a question for you here. What bump would you take out of this match? And you can't see cardboard boxes, right? Because that's just that's yeah. I think
0: you mean that's... weapon shock. Is like talking about bumps implies that there are any, and I don't think there are. But, I mean,
2: um... I mean, like yeah, we could include jumping through the glass door if you like. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Like fucking um, Carla, a fucking diehard at the end. Just turning up. Uh, okay. da, 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 da.
0: I've, I've got one and it might seem counterintuitive, but bear with me. It's actually a spot that's um, uh, coming right up um, in, in the match. Uh, so, Ken Nagasaki tips over a Pepsi machine now obviously Pepsi machines are very heavy I'm not disputing that but I would prefer to take that than say having a watermelon cracked over my skull because I think you have to if like say a bookcase tips over and it kind of falls on you like you could just about sort of it's not moving at a great rate of knots so I think you could just about at least position yourself so you could like minimize the, the harm that you're going to get from that or even sort of hold out your arms to kind of slow it down, you know what I mean? Hmm. So I would probably say that.
3: I, I like to think that uh, in, in, instead, instead of uh, um, uh, uh, CM Punk um, explaining away his Pepsi tattoo as being a kind of inversion of uh, uh, one of the guys from Minor Threat who got a, a Coke tattoo and when asked about it just said, I just like Coke. I think secretly <laughs> it's a tribute to this match and the...
2: But would you, George... Take getting an arcade machine thrown at you!
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is <laughs> like Donkey, Donkey Kong Kill Screen coming up. <laughs> Ven- vengeance for Billy Mitchell.
2: <laughs> I, I I genuinely tried to find what uh, machine this was, so that I could try and value it to see how much it would cost. Oh, me because I'm so, so glad because I'm glad you guys
0: recognised it. Oh, I, I didn't, for sure. You can imagine it being sold at the can next to the trophy from Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, I would so buy that. I would so buy this sh- this shattered arcade machine. And my wife would be like, are you mentally ill? What have you done? Why are you buying this? And I go, it's from the grocery store deathmatch. Oh, <laughs> me, it's, it's, it's sports memorabilia. It's like, you know, the ball that James McFadden shot against France. It's that level of r- 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 reverity. Um yeah that he would have died wouldn't he if, if he'd, if he'd absolutely
1: there's <laughs> so much stuff it's
0: like you know when shibata would like he'd do his penalty kick but he'd miss and he would yeah. just full-on like he was trying to boot your head into rosette i mean it's pretty stiff to begin with but whenever he'd miss a kick he would always just go absolutely 100 percent full force with it in the sense that like if if your foot had come in contact with the guy's head he would have died of a hemorrhage you know like um uh, that sort of thing. I mean, st- things have completely broken down by this point. Like, as the brass, brass band has stopped playing and they're just watching the carnage unfold, uh, the kids are gathering up debris Um under the watchful eye of the great Kajika, who is either, uh, either trying to stop them doing it because of tetanus or encouraging them. Um, and, uh, I honestly can't tell which is which then after the uh, aforementioned, uh, Pepsi machine being tipped over, could uh, Kajika is seen talking with someone who I assume is the mayor of Shoton uh, and, uh, just Kajika saying, look, things just got a bit out of hand. Um, and, uh, then we have to we have to talk about the finish of this match, which is like, you know, those matches where uh, there's elimination matches where all of the wrestlers are in the ring for like nine tenths of it. And then all the eliminations come at once or we'll get ready for this uh, times a million, because um, I mean, this is kind Nagasaki's show up until that point. He has not taken a bump, nor has he sold a move. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, and um, so you you might be wondering, oh, who's going to go over in this match? Well, I'll tell you what happens. So, um, I mean, uh, Yam- Yamakawa is in the hospital. Uh, he is uh, he has uh, been eliminated, um, and um...
2: He, he, he's got a niggle. He'll, he'll not be fit for Saturday.
0: Yeah, and uh, Taniguchi was uh, was pinned, but it seems like he's still in the match for some reason. Uh, I wonder if he is uh, being punished for uh, Yamakawa's injury by being forced to take his pin uh, while still being in the match. So the finish of it is uh, in short order. This all happened in the space of about uh, 60 seconds, if that. Uh, Ken Nagasaki pins Kobayashi with a pile driver, then taps Okamoto out with a Boston Crab, which is especially insulting if you know uh, what the Boston Crab is used for in rookie matches, and then finishes Taniguchi with a cross-arm breaker. Um, so it's just like okay the match is finished we're we're back in the ring um i'm gonna I'm gonna pin you all now um and uh the the thing that really gets me is that after that the wrestlers are back in the chicken coop um the people who have not long since fled due to the the horror that they' have been forced to witness are just looking on and they all have a nice chat and uh, nagasaki um tells them presumably something along the lines of uh, good, good performance well not the result you want but is it not the result we wanted but we go again.
2: I actually translated it for you. Okay, go on. Right, so as you know, I've been working on my Japanese uh, recently. So, um, yeah, so um, Nagasaki, I believe, now this isn't a literal translation, obviously, I'm a bit rusty, but um, Nagasaki says that um, Okamoto was the winner because he grabbed the giant inflatable fish and he stacked up all the cans at Manager Special, so he had the highest sweet total, so he will now do the super (laughs) sweet for uh, £2,000.
0: Oh, good, good lord. Uh, it, it's always a harbinger of doom whenever you say I've translated their promo. I've been working <laughs> on my. It became journey.
2: a running thing on Big Egg Wrestling Universe. Where <laughs> I just, I just every time I pull, say that, and and, and then just say some absolute nonsense. But yes, um, yeah. I, my Japanese is very good. I mean, is it that? Can you say that he did not say that?
0: Unfortunately, due <laughs> to like um, uh, the, the the Japanese uh, terms, I. Uh, learned when I was researching the novel because uh, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to be a douchebag like David Peace. I'm going to like I'm only going to use Japanese terms if there isn't a direct English translation for them in the same way like San, for instance, there isn't like a direct uh, honorific translation and uh, unfortunately because of the nature of uh, of the heavy subject matter of the novel, like quite a lot of the uh, Japanese words I know are racial slurs about Koreans so... Uh... <laughs> Um, because
2: really
0: you important. just hate koreans no no no, no. Uh, well, yes yes you've rumbled me uh, so um uh while nagasaki is giving his post-match team talk and uh the and uh, the uh the oranges um Kijiko is uh on the outside talking to nagasaki presumably saying do you know how much this is going to cost me <laughs> um, and our then uh the so you know i said uh about the origins of uh abdullah kobayashi well uh, starting now, from this moment on, this will be the moment, we have the genesis of Abdullah Kobayashi, wherein um, uh, Kendo Nagasaki, if he's not humiliated the poor bastard uh, enough, <laughs> uh, they go to a barbershop, and then Nagasaki just shaved his head for him, and his
3: eyebrows! And <laughs> and from there on in, a legend was born. Yes, and then he ate several thousand pies, and... Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say several thousand light bulbs, but yeah. But that, <laughs> well, yes, that that's as well.
2: It. Yeah. A good old light, a good old light bulb and gravy.
3: Pie. Yeah. I, I I I just wanted to make a quick point about the uh, sort of the, the the end of this this match, right? Yeah, go on. Because um, it, it sort of summed up a lot of things for me about this match, and I wanted to make a point about um, the the you, you've got to be careful when you talk about these things because I I've never been to Japan. I don't speak Japanese, but uh, the, there's there's definitely um something in here. I think about humor um and about humor translates in wrestling uh, across different different cultures um because i feel like in the sort of popular imagination in in the west japanese humor often gets reduced down to kind of um sort of two, two or three kind of um uh, uh, uh sort of little codified kind of cliches right so it's either cutesy or it's a bit inscrutable or it's kind of willfully eccentric right
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, like sl- a lot of slapsticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But like Parent on TV basically. Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. But like, yeah, exactly, yeah. But like with this BJW stuff, especially in this period where it's like sort of just started out in some ways to find its uh its voice before it gets um uh, you know, like, like we described it at the start, uh its its own niches. Um it, it's very much in the sort of the, the the other tradition that a Western audience with limited knowledge of like Japanese culture might point to, which is like I said, the sort of willful willfully kind of bizarre tradition of like like you said, slapstick, absurd. And it's embodied by something like Takeshi's Castle. To link all this in with you know, if you think about sort of the films of the titular Takeshi from Takeshi's Castle, Takeshi Kitano. Who, of course, also led a faction in NGPW at one point. His films, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. His films are kind of often suffused with these acts of like slap, like slapstick and and wanton violence, uh, and he, he, you find that in like the films of like Seijun uh, Suzuki and stuff as well in the '60s. Um, and I think that this match, despite it being, you know, on the surface it is painfully absurd, <laughs> but it I mean, it gives quite quite a nice insight into like a particularly Japanese kind of humor, which sort of. Simultaneously tarries with um, quite universal ideas, really, you know, like about slapstick and kind of um, there's almost some kind of like silent film comedy style stuff in there as well. Um, and, and like the breakdown of this incredibly mundane, like sort of um, a space into just complete chaos which is like yeah. uh, you know uh, embodied for me in, in the reaction shots you mentioned at the start between the delight of the children oh, it's, it's brilliant I every mean, time they yeah. cut to the crowd yeah like...
0: like that's the thing when W Louis cuts to the crowd it's shit because yeah, exactly. like they, they just like trying to get reactions yeah to, like, cool but like this is funny because it's just like some cold yeah. looking and like gleeful bloodthirsty children yeah, i
2: mean it, re- it reminds me of my friend once had the idea and um, daniel did you ever go to the veil vale bar in glasgow Yes,
3: yeah, been the Velbon.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course, appreciate you. So my friend had the idea where he was in like a really, n- n- really loud and noisy grindcore band, and he, obviously the Vale used to have a, the venue up the stairs and an old man pub down. Yes, the stairs. I've actually only been
3: in the I've actually only been in the old man bit. I don't think I, I even knew there was a, a venue upstairs.
2: The upstairs is generally it. It, it was a good wee venue. I, it, speaking of chaotic um, things, I've seen the most chaotic gig I've ever seen in my life there. I'll tell you about it after. But, um, uh, yeah, like, I, my friend had a idea where he was going to film a live video of his band, but it was going to be sort of in the vein of this. It was going to be them playing upstairs really noisy. Nice. And if you've ever been to the Vale Bar, you can hear it on the street because it's not soundproofed, and you can hear it downstairs in the old man pub. So his idea for the live video was going to be them playing interspersed with cuts of the old man pub Of people looking up at the (laughs) roof and going and just going back to their pints (laughs) and go, it's a fucking racket, isn't it? And just be like, have that sort of juxtaposition between really loud noise and fucking old man pubs sitting drinking pints of fucking tenants' velvet and just really being uh, disgruntled by the noise uh, and ruining their game of dominoes.
3: Just Jack and Victor just moaning at their pints of tenants.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Absolutely. I think it's true what you meet, what you, um, uh, say about the, the, the sort of kind of humour in this match because um, uh, slapstick is kind of quite prevalent in in terms of Japanese comedy. I remember having a discussion with, uh, I think it was our friend, our friend Luke about um, uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Shoko Nakajima in Tokyo Joshi who I think it was those two they you know, used to be a tag team called the Miracle Comedians and because that was their background before they um got into wrestling and I was trying to think like okay what kind of com- comedy did they do like presume- I I I presume it was something like do with physical comedy, I, I yeah, Yuka Sakazaki. The image of her doing like rye Bill Hicks style stand-up is like some, something that I can't quite uh, I can't quite compute. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of like how this this stuff does. Um... You, mean you can't imagine her doing Goat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the I'll thing.
2: tell you something. I can believe it.
0: <laughs> fuck's sake the um the uh i mean the, the thing about the thing about like um comedy such as it, it is quite universal yeah you know, it's often said about uh mr bean being really popular in afghanistan because the humor in mr bean is based around physical comedy rather than uh wordplay but having said that if you think japanese comedy is all like you know whack wacky outfits and uh Middle-aged men in bow ties and dressed up like uh, dressed up like schoolboys for some reason. Um, the, you know, if you watch a film like um, which has it has a great physical comedy but also really good verbal stuff, something like the uh, fantastic low-budget horror comedy One Cut of the Dead, or uh, even a lot oh, of yeah. the dialogue in the. Hiroshi Tanahashi film, uh, My Dad is a Heel Wrestler, which uh, has a lot of very, very funny moments in terms of uh, the verbal stuff. I mean, it's not evident in, in this match, where it is mostly, yes, pe- but, like, you know, people stacking it is just funny. Like, that's, uh, it, that's something hardwired into the human brain, the sort of schadenfreude at seeing someone come a cropper in some kind of way. So, uh, like, yeah, absolutely all about this. I, I have to say, I was not especially, like, not, I, I was not looking forward to watching the ma- this match, but I didn't think I'd enjoyed it as much as I ended up being because I was like, okay, I'm really not familiar with Big Japan in the uh, in the '90s, and um, you know, stuff like this, it it can be really good, and it can sort of leave me quite cold. I think the uh, the length of this match was a real bonus. Because if you get something like this and it goes on for you know 40, 45 minutes, or in the case of the notorious Gamryajima Island death match, um, a lot longer than this, then it can start to wear somewhat thin. Like, however, uh, you know, diverse the uh, the uh, spots you're doing are. But I actually thought this didn't outstay its welcome. Very much at all, and I really, really enjoyed it. So it's the kind of, if you want to watch stuff like this now, this is the kind of match you would really associate more with DDT nowadays. They do, like, you know, stuff they have at a. uh, yeah, the water park matches they do, or like at a campsite, or just like uh, wacky shit like that.
2: Um, I mean, BJW, the, the only, the Brahmins are really the, the sort of driving force in sort of thing. They, they they do turn up and they do this sort of daft physical comedy. They do the Poseidon Adventure match, which we definitely will do at some point because it's just very silly again. Oh, yeah, but...
0: absolutely. But like that takes place in a ring, you know?
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, no, like, no, I told, I told you, because yeah, DDT have had a long tradition of this. I remember. Was it Shanshiro Takage and someone else? They they defended the DDT tag titles, but exclusively in like exotic locations, like a steel mill, and stuff like that. Hot <laughs> uh, stuff
0: coming through.
2: Yeah, you know, we work hard, we play hard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, like um, you don't really see this from uh, from BGW anymore, and you don't really see this much outside of DDT anywhere. Like there, there is a sort of dearth of that sort of creativity from companies that aren't DDT. And it's a bit of a shame because, you know, you you would expect other companies to maybe have a stab at it, but DDT are very much they, they're carrying the weight on it and they, they do it very, very well, I think. I mean, even looking at the Minoru Suzuki-Sanshiro Takagi Tokyo Dome match, just things like that are very silly. And, like, yeah, but I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I, I well, I, I said at the start, this is my second favourite wrestling match of all time. And I don't mean that as a joke or... As you know, being a contrarian, or going well, actually,
3: I don't think anyone that listens to this podcast thinks that you mean it a joke.
2: <laughs> but the, the easiest way I can explain it to people is: every single person I've shown this match to has loved it, Like And I, 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 if you, you know how you you always get the question of if you were going to show somebody wrestling to try and get them into it, what would you show them? And people go, well, I would show them Okada well, Omega the sixty-five minutes to it, a free fall oh, match. No, none of that. Right, not showing six three 94 None of that. This this is the match because everyone can relate to it's. You know, I mean, I, we mentioned it before. Tarrant on TV was so popular because everyone enjoyed this sort of wacky nonsense. But it's genuinely very funny, and I think again, it comes back to my 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 philosophy in wrestling matches, and that wrestling matches aren't about what is technically the best match. The the best match really. Is what it makes you feel, and I can't say that. Like I, every single time I watch this, I I howl with laughter every single time, even though I know it's coming. Every it's just it's just so ridiculous, and I can't say many things, comedy or otherwise, where where you get a pair laughs ratio every single time, where it's consistently funny each time you watch it. Even stuff like Alan Partridge and stuff like that. I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it and I'll laugh a wee bit. I don't laugh as much as I do every time I watch this. And I can't think of a single match that I enjoy watching more that makes me happy. Like that's what wrestling matches should do. They should make you happy. They should make you, you should make the blood pump through your veins and go fuck. They're absolutely battering each other and like, you know, or they make you cry because you know, a person you didn't think would ever won the title has won the title and all that, and it's just a case of, with with this, this makes me incredibly happy because it just makes me laugh all of the time, and it's a perfectly valid art form. It's a perfectly valid wrestling match. People go, oh, it's not quite a wrestling match. It is. It is a form of professional wrestling that's a bit avant-garde, but at the at the end of it, the 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 result is that everyone who watches it loves it and absolutely you know really enjoys it i mean I for example i showed this to jackson when we stayed at his once and he was just absolutely in rapture and just absolutely loved it and he's this is incredible i love it so much absolutely and then the next time mort was staying with us so i said to mort i was like oh i mean jackson watched a grocery store death match and then um, he went what i'm like you know the grocery store death match big japan He says, oh it's sekimoto in it I'm like have you have you not have you not saw the the grocery store death match and he like, i don't i don't think so when was it was it like 2017 16 was it and i was like no it's very very early he Says, oh i didn't watch much early big japan and we showed him it and brother mort who has factually seen more japanese wrestling than any living human being <laughs> in the history of the earth and um, absolutely <laughs> adored it and like I, I, it's just every time i watch it it is it just makes me feel really happy inside which at this time in, in, in the fucking world take what you can get i would watch this over any vaunted new japan main event anytime because it's just it's a different emotion but it's a valid emotion nonetheless and it's just yeah oh my my first one is actually it's Hell Cell 98 by the way that is the, the, yeah. the first match. I, I mean
0: the, the the point we always like try to make i mean you know the uh the, the, you know okay we have we've we've done this episode um like uh, sort of lifting the veil like pretending this is like a serious mma match with a uh, sort of like legit techniques being used throughout but just as we did the uh kotobushi yoshihiko match from ddt pretending that yoshihiko is really this high flyer and this you know this uh, amazing uh, technical worker as well like you know stuff like this deserves to be treated with i'm not going to say with the same seriousness but you should try and appreciate it for what it is rather than trying to fit every wrestling match in the sort of these preconceived ideals of what you think wrestling can be because like what we try to do here on the podcast and admittedly david's presence makes this very easy because he will insist upon it but treating <laughs> all forms of wrestling however wacky they might be as something which is a legitimate art form because at the end of the day it is and just as much creativity has gone into this match yeah. as has gone into say tetsuya night over evil if not more so so you know
3: yeah, and a hell of a lot more bribes to legitimate <laughs> yeah. businessmen, probably. Um, but, like, um, yeah. yeah. But, what? I mean, yeah, it, it's true. I, I'm reminded of, you know, these sort of, like, interminable um, uh, uh, sort of exchanges that you see on various, like, tw- Twitter feeds and, um, you know, Facebook groups where someone... Um, will post say, I don't know their favorite death match they've seen recently. Um, and they'll do it in some incredibly kind of austere, stern kind of like puro forum where you know, oh, actually that's not real wrestling, I'm afraid, because you know we, we we have actual wrestling. It's a real sport. It's I'm sorry to break it to you lads, it's not a real sport. Uh, right, you know, and and, and there's lots of different kinds of expressing this um this incredibly varied uh, uh whether you want to call it performance art or or hybrid um art or whatever whatever you want to call it. Or I, I just tend to go for just performance. It's a kind of performance. Uh, but like, you know, um, it's it really is best to just, if you're the kind of person that genuinely wants to watch 60-minute long Kenny Omega, because uh, each kid, because uh, Get matches all the time and the, you, you can do that, that's great. Um, but I genuinely think you'll be a better person if you can actually tune yourself into uh, trying to enjoy stuff like this as well, uh, because it just makes you more fucking interested and fun, to be honest. Um, and less of a dick on the internet. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is the thing. It's like we were having this discussion about uh, about Choco Pro and Daniel. You were saying like that, like you, you you can admire the creativity of it, but you can't quite yeah. love it. But like, at least you. At least you, oh, yeah. your mind was open to the possibility yeah. that you might love it, and you were open to the idea of it as wrestling, quite wrestling. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. You know that, that's absolutely Definitely. right. And yeah. I, I, you know, still, just because I'm, I'm not someone that follows every single, yeah, I'm not someone that follows every single show. Uh, you know, but I still wake up some days and think I really fancy some Choco Pro today. You Know and then I'll watch them,
0: yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the so on this uh very uh broken up and uh, elongated run of Match Microscope 4, 5, and 6, you know, we've done Kerry Von Eric versus Jumbo Saruta, we've done Akira Tari versus Yuji Nagata, and now we've done the big Japan grocery store deathmatch. And honestly, like all three of them are equally worthy of your attention. And like, I'm not just saying that, like, that is what I truly believe,
2: yeah. And I think, I, I, I think that the thing for me is that I think a lot of people. Well, maybe listen to this, or if you recommended them to go listen to, uh, to go watch this, they'd be like, ah, it's gonna be some silly, you know, some silly wacky, wacky little match, and it is. But I, I genuinely would say this is a six-three-ninety-four of like, mad, you know, crazy death matches, like in terms of, like, um, I think a lot of people when they think of death matches, you just think of like people getting syringes in their cheeks and stuff like that, and you know. Um, hideous like um Kenzan structures and stuff like that and like all that awful awful nonsense that just gives you the that gives you the bulk but this is another side to it that again it's not it's not really uh, looked at uh, very often these days outside of ddt but again it's a different side of the coin and this is perfectly valid and it, it's i would say it's, it's less uh, is less uh, it's better if you're squeamish to watch this match. Actually, that's probably untrue. These guys nearly getting their heads caved in with a fucking ghetto blaster. But yeah, it's just I think that it's just different. Like yeah, like I think it's just it's a great hardcore match. that kind of spirals out of control and has that energy where you don't know what's going to happen. But as well as that, it's not hyper serious or cold faced. It's you can watch it. And you will laugh and it's just, yeah, it, it it brings a range of emotions that we, you know, that a few other matches do.
0: Hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So um, with that all being said, um, I guess it will be time to do plugs.
2: Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Viano14. Um, so... Yep, you can follow me on there, Posting nonsense all the time there. Um, I run a party official podcast called Draw, Lose or Draw. Uh, we've been dissecting our miserable slog into sixth place in League One. Um, and, you know, it, it's slowly watching our promotion hopes ebb away in front of us on a week-by-week basis, as it becomes a far more existential and Misanthropic podcast as the season goes on. But we also do some silly stuff as well. Like we did a Halloween episode last week with some spooky sound um, effects detailing the 10 worst Fissile horror shows. So it was all just, you know, like Celtic winning in the last minute when we genuinely thought that this is our time to win, just stuff like that, and losing 6 0 to Havardine. Um stuff like that. But yeah, um, it's, it's good fun and I certainly encourage you to, if you have a tangential to interest in football, you want to listen to that. And as well as that, um, as I mentioned earlier, I have a noise project called Abdullah Kobayashi after the big man himself in this match. We've done various um, albums, a bit of nonsense. And actually, um, we, you can find that at fastbuck.bandcamp.com. In addition to that as well, I thought I should probably mention this moment. I think I, think I mentioned to you before that um, I, I have a running thing with my noise project where I will do live albums from like really really big arenas so basically when I went to see Iron Maiden at the Newcastle Arena I went and recorded one at Newcastle Arena uh, I've done like Hamden Park clicking and all that well I went to Japan last year and all I'll say is that Bowling Waddle live at Budokan or to be more precise Bowling Waddle sitting on a bench outside Budokan <laughs> because it was shut for renovations is being released next week and I'm also doing aside another companion album of uh, live tracks from the Tokyo Dome when I went to the baseball Corican Hall and Sumo Hall um, that I recorded uh, just to kind of say that I, I've played a live show at the Budokan and the Tokyo Dome um, so yes yeah, so that'll come out, that'll be on uh, Um so look out for that, um, it's just silly nonsense but I can now legitimately say I've recorded a live album at Budokan can Tokyo Dome so yeah um, but yeah that's me
1: Okay, thank you
0: very much, Daniel.
2: Um, Yeah, if you want to
3: keep up to date with the various things that I get up to outside of this... um... You could probably start by um, listening to, uh, or well, you don't, you don't have to listen to it, but you can certainly uh, buy some and sling some money in my way to keep me in tarts and fags. Uh, like, um, But uh, no. Uh, just um, uh, go at handlinglament.bandcamp.com and uh, that will get you some music of mine. Uh, you can also read my writing um, primarily at twilightfurnitures.com uh, which is my blog, um, but um, I've got um, something that should be published by the time this comes out in New Socialist as well, so keep an eye out there. Uh, get me on twitter um at twilight fur if you want to find out about that it'll be a pinned post i I imagine um am i doing anything else Uh, oh yeah i've got a radio show on the neon uh every uh first and third saturday um of the month that goes out at different times each uh, each week but um it's usually uh, in between eight or ten that it starts so again just keep up to date with my twitter and stuff for that if you want to find links to it or just go on the neonhospice.com um, on a saturday and uh, the schedule will be uh, will be up there i play weird music um uh so yeah uh, if that's your bag then check it out um other than that um i think that's uh that, that's everything from me
0: okay thank you very much and um you can find my shit at um... Well, uh, the first thing I can say is that I have uh, written a novel that was finished uh, last year after a uh, gestation period of about four years on and off, which was uh, uh, longer than it took my PhD th- thesis to be written. So uh, that was uh, very gruelling, but all worth it because I have um, finished a book called The Rise and Fall of Ricky Dozan, which you can find on uh, Amazon for Kindle at uh, two pound forty nine and fourteen ninety nine if you want to print on demand paperback copy. Which I, uh, I actually receive less money from that than the two pound forty nine uh, version. Weirdly enough, but um, I honestly don't mind it because I definitely didn't get into writing weird, abstruse fiction about Japanese wrestling to earn money. Um, and uh, you know, I, I whichever version is is good for you. Uh, feel free. It's uh, it's a novel about the birth of professional wrestling in Japan in the late fifties and early sixties, centered around the figure of Rikidozan, a former sumo wrestler who. Who became Japan? Uh, uh, sorry, centered around the figure of Riki dozan a former sumo wrestler who became Japan's biggest TV star, uh, sports star, and certainly its biggest wrestling star. Uh, basically, ging the company. Uh, Try that again. Fuck's sake, I cannot speak tonight. Um, basically uh helping the country of Japan recover from the trauma of losing the Second World War by taking on and beating numerous evil Americans, many of whom are not Americans at all. And as for what Ricky dozan got up to outside of the ring, then you'll just have to uh buy the novel to find out. Uh we also have a website called I maintain the double Foot where we publish various uh, articles about professional wrestling and professional wrestling adjacent things. It is also where you can find the show notes for our sister podcast, Big Egg Podcasting Universe, which is a deep dive by myself, David, and my partner, Sarah, into Big Egg Wrestling Universe, the 1994 Tokyo Dome show, which is one of the most significant, if not the most significant, Shows in the history of Japanese women's wrestling and women's wrestling worldwide. We are going into a frankly absurd amount of detail about everything on the show, from the eight-woman tournament uh, at the top of the card to the random amateur wrestling, shootboxing, kickboxing, and Indian wrestling exhibitions in the middle of the card. So, uh, you know, if you're subscribed to us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, then you may have already listened to this stuff. If not, then uh, please do check it out because uh, it's uh, it's a hell of a lot fun to record and we hope it's a hell of a lot of uh, fun to listen to as well you can follow us on social media at the podcast on twitter um uh, we were up until actually i think we still are the boo boo for uh halloween at the time of recording i really do need to change that but if you follow us on twitter it is essentially a mixture of ship posting with regard to professional wrestling and ship posting with regard to far-left politics so uh yes uh, do do give us a follow uh help us get up to that magic number of 1000 followers Ooh. uh um, so, thank you very much for listening to episode twenty-three of the PoPo Podcast. I've been. Uh, I need doing... to do outro. Oh shit, you do. Okay, sorry. Cut that, and then you um, say the so, thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you're at the checkout and you hear the beep, if someone gets a cash till hit off their head, think of all the fun you could be having on the, the PoPo Podcast.
1: in the aisles. Will you dance with me? Do it one more time to the music. checkout and you hear the beat next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beat